young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in to episode 8 of the Dynasty Debates. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host, some might say. You can find me on Twitter at FFEvanLution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates. And believe it or not, which let's be honest, you probably expect it by now, I have an amazing guest for this week's show. The one and only director of dynasty deals russ fisher at dynasty outhouse on twitter the man the myth the legend host of the fabled trade addicts pod at trade addicts pod very good marketing and the podcast director of dap network part of dlf family of podcasts russ my friend how the heck are you I am wonderful now that you finally got me on here. And I think it's a little ridiculous that you think you're more humble. I'm totally more humble than you are. I am I am the humblest ever. I mean, seriously. And the fact that it took you till episode eight to get me on is just a little ridiculous in the first place. So I, well, I take it back. Is, I'm terrible. I hate it. I'm, I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> that is very rude of me. I do apologize. I think actually, I think you had a integral part in launching the show unbeknownst to you, because I'm pretty sure a few months ago, I think we had a little like joking back and forth on Twitter. You said something about how you were open to jump on people's shows and be a guest. And I said something about, well, I'm going to start a show so you can be the guest. And you were like, done. And so I was yep. like, oh crap. Now I have to actually start a show. <laughs> you can't let me down like that. You said, yeah, you said done. It's got to happen. Exactly. And I am a man of my word. Cool as hell that that happened. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. It's something I wanted to do for a long time. And I actually genuinely know it was one of the sort of like last little like, like, okay, fine. I'm going to do it. Um, it needs to happen. It's been going on for too long. So no, I'm really excited. Um, and thank you so much for taking the time. I've listened to Trade Addicts Pod for ages. Like ever since I got into Dynasty Fantasy Football, I was like, I literally, I think I, I remember just going on to the um the podcast like store and just typing in like dynasty trade or something like that mm -hmm. because i love trading and i was like surely there's got to be podcasts that talk about trading and sure enough here we are um one of the one of the greatest podcasts for trading for dynasty trading out there and um yeah no i've really enjoyed listening and it's been great to actually get to know you a bit one thing i did want to chat to you about and ask you about is is it true that you are max greenfield from new girl or do you just do the voiceover work for the show for schmidt so here's the really really funny part about this question you know how like people listen to their voice and they're like oh wow i didn't realize i sound like that and when you're starting out podcasting it is a great idea to listen back to yourself i know it's weird but it's the only way you get better i didn't recognize my voice I didn't know it was me talking. <laughs> That's how different the voice I hear versus what actually comes out of my mouth. I, I, to me, I have this like low booming voice because I guess my skull just shakes a lot when I talk and that like lowers the timbre of your voice. 
I had no idea. I, but yes, I completely can see how with what I actually sound like, like I'm a sassy Jew. That's like, that's, I mean, that's what, that's what, yeah. uh, I just want to prove a point. Schmidt's so for those, is, of, for and, those, yeah. yeah, for those of you who can't maybe haven't watched new girl or haven't listened to it in a while, I'm just going to play you this clip. I, I want you to hear what you've just heard. And I want you to hear this and tell me the difference. Jess pine has no place in this loft. It's the wood of poor people and outhouses. <laughs> What a perfect clip. I know. I managed to find a clip where he talks about outhouses, which is literally, obviously, your name on Twitter, Dynasty Outhouse. So now that we've settled that, that you and he are twins separated at oh, birth. Man, I wish which, I looked like that guy. Well, I mean, it looks like, you know, the Spider-Man gif of like pointing back and forth. It's hard to tell the difference. You know, I really can't. I can't tell. So we've got a lot to to get through here. But how was your how was your your week eight? How did you get on there with um with the, the trick-or-treating of Halloween weekend. Yeah, I did. It's really funny because I live in a pretty populated area. So we actually went trick-or-treating twice because we could and not double up houses. And every once in a while, we go past a place that had a TV in their garage with the garage door open. So me and the other dad would sort of like <laughs> linger behind and watch a couple of plays because everyone has red zone on. So we're just like... And, you know, they would they'd hand us a beer. They're like, hey, come on, watch for a little bit. And we're like, all right, as long as we can still see the wife and kids down that way. All right, quick. Yes, touchdown. Oh, we got to go. Like, so I didn't I, I didn't get to watch as much football as I would have liked. But it was a very fun experience watching every couple of houses where I could see a TV, either through the windows, through the doors or whatever. But, man, the past few weeks of fantasy have just, like, hurt my brain. I mean, yeah. besides, even besides the injuries, like just the weirdest people are scoring touchdowns or, or out targeting people that they shouldn't be. So I don't like, how's, how's my week eight? I don't even know at this point. Like I checked my scores this morning because I don't check scores on Sunday. I am in 26 leagues. I think I, I'm in now. And wow. it just, it just, when you get to that point, there's no point in checking your scores because whoever you need to score in one league, you're playing against in another league. So it's just like, why do that math? All right. Tonight, I need Mahomes to score 24.8 points, but not more than 26.7. It's just really like, I have general anxiety already in the first place. I don't need to add to that. I don't need to make it worse. Like that, that makes football not fun. Like right now, <laughs> I get to sit, put my, well, assuming I ever get to actually sit and watch football, I get to sit put my feet up, my hands behind my head, drink a beer, or in my case, it's probably some whiskey, and just watch good football. Like, I don't care who's scoring points because I have that guy somewhere and I'm playing against him somewhere. Before we get into it, we have a lot to jump into. Just a quick reminder, the bye weeks this week, we've got Detroit, Seattle, Tampa Bay, and Washington football team are on bye. So we're going to jump straight into the newest segment, one of my favorites, the Hatchet Man of the Week a hatchet man does not lie. A hatchet man. Right up behind him with a hatchet. Smash, smash, smash. Anyone can carry a hatchet. Even a liar. So, Russ, I'm not sure how familiar you are, but a hatchet man is a friendly insult that I use. One size fits all. And basically, it can mean whatever you want it to mean. A hatchet man is somebody who just made a complete balls of everything. Someone that tanked your squad this week. So for me, the hatchet man of the week goes to the one and only Jared Goff. Now, no, I want to be clear. I wasn't crazy enough to play Jared Goff, but (laughs) 
he did something even worse to me. Okay. I want to lay, I want to lay this out here for you. Okay. This, I'm going to give you a build up because this is how frustrated I am about what happened. So they got obliterated on Sunday. Like they lost 44 to six and this Mm -hmm. isn't 44 to six to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or, you know, a really good football team. This is the Philadelphia Eagles. So they lost 44 to six. Okay. So I'm setting the scene. He had 34 pass attempts, which, you know, is not that many, but it's not that few either. He had 222 passing yards. Again, not, he didn't, you know, light anything on fire. Didn't light the world on fire, but that's enough, enough to go around for a, a couple of receivers. Now, let me ask you this. If you had somebody on your team that you thought was maybe, I don't know, maybe a Cooper Cup or a Robert Woods level receiver, would you maybe target them? Would you maybe would you maybe throw the ball their way if you're down and you're needing to uh, make some big plays? That's what you do, right? I mean, even if. Well, yeah, you would think. Like, even if you're sucking it, it up, like you're, yeah. you're like, oh, man, I'm not doing good this game. What do I do? Close my eyes and throw it to the dude that's most likely to catch the ball. Who cares if he's open? They've exactly. already thrown a couple of interceptions. So what's a few more? Just so I want to read you an exact quote. Okay, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm getting petty because I'm annoyed. So the quote is, I think I've been lucky to work with some really good receivers who practice hard. And that's the main thing, Goff said Wednesday. He practices hard. Cooper Cup was the same. Robert Woods was the same. Brandon Cooks was the same. And Khalif is the same. In that way, you know where he's going to be. You can trust him. You can rely on him. And he's accountable. And that's all you can ask for as a quarterback. Discussing Khalif Raymond. One Khalif Cooper Cup Raymond, apparently, Mm -hmm. according to his quarterback, who played 79% of the snaps. So is he injured? No. Was he was he on the field? Yes, he was. How many how many targets do would you say that Khalif Raymond would have gotten out of the thirty four pass attempts if he's like Cooper Cup? Oh man, if he's actually like Cooper Cup, like twelve. But man, even a random wide receiver should be getting like six, six to eight. Yeah, thank you, thank you for that. He got one. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He got one, one, one target, and he didn't even catch that one target. So. <laughs> I was in one of my only redraft leagues. I play mostly dynasty. In one of my only redraft leagues, I was hurting with bye weeks, with injuries. I uh, last minute wasn't expecting. I lost Corey Davis, even who I wasn't excited to start, but I was like, hey, I've got somebody to put in my lineup. So I'm looking around. I'm scrounging around on the waiver wire. And whose name do I see? Khalif Raymond. And I remember, oh, I remember Jared Goff waxing lyrical about his abilities and about how much he loves this guy. Do you know what? I'm going to throw him in there. They should be down. They should be able to get a cup. No, one flipping target. Jared Goff, <laughs> you are a hatchet man. Russ, I can't talk about it anymore because I'm going to, I'm going to, my blood is boiling, but do you have a hatchet man? Did somebody tank your squads this week or somebody just absolutely pooed the bed as they say? Emmanuel Josiah Sanders. I doubt the that's middle his real name middle usage. name. But I like it. <laughs> it sounded like a good one in between those two names. Yeah. All right. So Manny Sanders has been doing well, you know, pretty much after like what week two, you know, once he got into that offense, he's been doing great and they're playing Miami who has not been good. Their defense, their secondary has not been good. So smash, right? Every, every bills receiver you have put in your lineup, bagel, nothing. Oh. Zero out of Manny Sanders. And I will I, multiple lineups. I thankfully didn't keep track. Thankfully, I was crying too hard while checking my scores to actually know how many lineups he was in. But I multiple that that is all I will say. He he ruined multiple of my games this week. 
so frustrating but yes we um i i'm enjoying talking to you far too much but just so this episode doesn't last three hours i'm gonna jump into the news and notes because we do have some pretty interesting pretty pretty serious stuff to talk about here hey man i got three hours so if you want to do it (laughs) spilling the tea I see. I actually thought like foolishly about halfway through the game. I was like, "Hey, you know, not a lot of big entries this week. This is brilliant." Tap so on. it's your fault. It is my fault, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I am sorry. I apologize. Um, so <laughs> the marquee, the worst one is we found out this morning. We didn't even find out yesterday. Found out this morning that King Henry has unfortunately suffered a serious foot injury and he's going to have surgery. He's going to, it sounds like originally we thought it was season ending, but it does sound like he's going to miss between six to 10 weeks. So that still means best case scenario. He might be coming back for your fantasy playoffs, but again, it's a huge blow. He's been an absolute tear this, this year as he has the last couple of years. Jameis Winston went down with a, um, a really nasty looking knee injury and it's been confirmed. He has a torn ACL with MCL damage. So his season is done. James Robinson did go out of the game, um, but it says they, I've, I've read here that they, he only suffered a, he, a bruised heel and he is considered day to day. Kyler Murray, going back to last Thursday night, he did sprain his ankle on the last drive of the game. So it could be a week or two potentially um, for recovery for him. Russell Wilson is having the pin removed from his finger, could be back after the bye. So some positive news. Sam Darnold exited due to a concussion, um, but again, hopefully nothing long-term or too serious. And Corey Davis was an unexpected um, inactive on Sunday. He suffered a hip flexor injury on Thursday's practice. And then the last and most unusual, most interesting one I'm really interested to talk to you about is Calvin Ridley was ruled out for personal reasons for the second time this year. And then he's actually released a statement saying he is stepping away from football for the time being. And I believe there's been some um, conclusions drawn, or maybe he's even come out and said himself as potentially for mental. I believe he said it was for his own mental health or for mental well-being. Um, so I don't have too much of an insight into that. But um, just to quickly then, uh, King Henry, what, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts with, with Derek Henry then with this injury? This is rough, man. Uh, first of all, I think I read somewhere that it was a, dro- a Jones fracture. Which yeah, I think I heard that, yeah. I've been talking to a bunch of people trying to figure it out, and I literally just, I, I don't remember a running back with this injury. You know, like, I started listing, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, like Lev Bell and ETN just had this. They're like, no, that's Liz Frank. That is Liz Frank. I was absolutely wrong. It was just a name and I started listing things. Uh, but like, seriously, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know is really the question. I mean, let's face it. If they are smart and they just don't win these next few games because they just signed Adrian Peterson. So I don't know if they really count on winning the next few games. They should just shelve him for the season. I mean, that, that would be the smart thing to do as an actual football team, as an organization. Are you... Ugh. Like, let's say he comes back week 15, which is now the first week of most of our playoffs. Are you starting him right away? Like, that's the playoffs. Well, I don't, I don't think thing, I could do that. But then, but the thing is, here where that, here's what I would say is I have finally, the last couple of weeks, I had come to peace with the fact that Derrick Henry is the anomaly. You know what I mean? Like, he yeah. isn't. Yes, he's the exception to the rule. He's not the rule. So I think so many people were, you know, shouting for uh, regression this year and, you know, it's going to catch up with him and all that sort of stuff. And he just 
continue to take 450 carries every single game and smash. Mm-hmm. And then this is some, you know, a foot injury. So it's not even like a hamstring or something like that, you know, so it's not even necessarily, we don't know. It's not necessarily even to do with the workload. It could just be a freak injury that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's my only thing. That would be my only thing is that if it's some other running back, like, you know, even like a Barkley or something who's been in and out, in and out with so many injuries and he's just back for the first week, depending on your options, I'd probably rather not play him. But Hamath Henry, you know, most likely he was your RB1. Maybe somehow, you know, if you got him a couple of years ago and you've just been riding him ever since, he's your RB2. I think if you're in the playoffs and he's back, you're probably going to throw him in the lineup because, you know, he's Derrick Henry. But yeah, it is, it is tough. And that is your fairest point. He's Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah, that is, I rest my case. It, that um, is all the case you have to give because you're abs- everything you're saying is absolutely right. I hope we're not confronted with that situation. I, for him as a player, for him as a fantasy asset for us, I hope he just gets shelved. It's it's just for the better for all of us. James Winston, that is a bit of a weird one as well. Um, he wasn't, I wouldn't say it had been a triumphal return um, <laughs> to, to being a starting quarterback, but it wasn't a disaster so far this season. He was fine. You know, he got a couple of wins. It was okay. It was, you know, it is what it is. So now I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, what are your thoughts? I mean, to me, I'm concerned. I mean, he's out the rest of the season. I mean, this was, I think the whole thing was if he can make the whole season a success, if he can prove himself, then maybe, you know, the Saints choose him as the long-term option potentially, or he gets some good offers because he does so well. At this stage, I don't think he did well enough for anybody's going to be clamoring to sign him coming off an ACL. So I, I'm pretty concerned about his long-term outlook, especially for Dynasty. What are your thoughts? 100% with you. I We are used to a better I mean, it's not, this is a tough statement to say that we're used to better quality of quarterback in New Orleans just because they've had Drew Brees for 30 years. But it's, that offense isn't what we're used to. And honestly, they need to just completely flip it. And even with Taysom Hill being hurt, it makes it even harder right now. So I guess it's Ian Book's season. I don't even know, man. But Or do they just keep rolling Trevor Simeon out? Yeah, like. <laughs> that's right i know but i don't know like i i was never in on any of the pieces besides kamara and i honestly don't think anything changes i mean maybe the defense respected the deep ball of Jameis a little bit to give kamara a little bit of room but even still kamara was getting that 10 targets from the backfield which is again lower than he's used to but still what he was getting a decent amount I think we're still there. I still think the only person you want in this offense is still going to be Kamara and hopefully things just get better for next year. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so I do, I do want to just, again, bring this up because one thing that I know about you is you are probably the biggest Calvin Ridley stan that I mm-hmm. know of. Um, you absolutely love the guy and I know you have him in lots and lots of leagues. And one thing I really love about you and I really respect about you is as much as you're an entertaining figure and you're a great um, analyst within the, the fantasy football sphere, the space, and you talk a lot about trades and you encourage and help people with their trades. Even more importantly is you're a awesome, amazing human being and you care a lot and yeah. you share a lot about mental health, mental health mm-hmm. struggles, men- the realities of mental health as it impacts people day to day. So this must be very near and dear to your heart as somebody that you really love as a football player. And now obviously coming out, we don't know all the ins and outs, but um, do you have any sort of initial thoughts or takeaways, I suppose, from a dynasty perspective, um, but just in general, you know, obviously with the mental health element of, of this being what, what the issue is, not an injury, quote unquote, as like his leg is broke or anything, but his mental state isn't great at this point in time, as far as we know. 
I mean, as a human being, what's more important, your leg or your brain? I mean, let's just throw that out there in the first place. Uh, it's it's ridiculous that as a society, we don't give as much care and attention to mental health as we do bodily health. And to think that, oh, you're depressed, go for a walk, that'll make you feel better. Like, uh, I, I'm such a pacifist and non-confrontationalist, I will slap someone in the face they ever said that to me. Um, <laughs> and like I said, I'd even slap them, I wouldn't punch them, because no one really hits back after getting slapped, you just sort of look confused at people, but you punch them, and you get punched back. Like, I am absolutely 1000%, you do what you need to do to get your head right. Like, that is so much more important than the stupid game we play about a game. You know, like if any, like, and I even said it right away, you know, when I first read about that was, man, I hope he's okay because he, he missed a game, came back, didn't look great. And then he left again, which means he tried, like he tried to push through whatever he was going through. And it was just like, nope, can't do it. And while great for him so good for him that he was able to realize that that he was able to realize no this stuff whatever i'm going through is too strong that i need to walk away to work on myself i mean that is so good for him and the first thing i said was again being complete pacifist being complete non-confrontationalist i will go to war with anyone that says anything bad about this man right now like if i you know people start calling him bad names on the internet i will start fighting people i don't know because I get it. I don't know the man. I've never met Calvin Ridley. I've never been in this. I mean, when he plays the Giants or the Jets in New Jersey, I've been in the same state as he is in. That That's the closest I've ever been with Calvin Ridley. <laughs> but like, I've been following this man his entire career. He's been one of my favorite players ever since he came in the league. And it's just, he's a human being. And I get it. We, we, as a community, like at least we're starting to change our verbiage a little bit. You know, we try and get away from calling ourselves owners. We call each other, you know, managers. And I'm having a tough time saying like I had this many shares of a person. Like you, you try and humanize these people just so you don't be jerks on the internet about it. You know, like some guy's a bad game and you at them saying you lost my game. And, and like get over yourself, seriously. So yeah, like it hurts because I have Calvin Ridley on most of my competing teams, but don't care <laughs> i mean that's what it comes down to i if we're playing dynasty we're playing for the long run right in which case i want him to take a couple of weeks off come back and play and then be calvin ridley again as opposed to playing through whatever he's doing and then just destroying his career and probably his life if you are the kind of person that right now i get it you're gonna have that quick reaction of like oh what am i supposed to do on my team now yeah that's fine don't say anything out loud. <laughs> Take a step <laughs> back and just be, you do what you got to do, man. That's the only correct reaction. And again, very rarely will I make statements like that. But foot down, like human being, human beings need to do what is best for them. Yeah, no, I think that's really well said. And what I've found that I really, you know, what I really like about the situation is that it's a real reminder that these are humans, you know, that like you said, these are, these are people like, yes, they're just numbers and names to us sometimes. And we talk about trading them and this, that, and the other and everything like that. And it is fun and it is a hobby, but these are people and there is a human element to it. And like you said, 
even within the realm of what we do and talking fantasy football and chatting about it and tweeting about it and this, that, and the other writing articles and doing podcasts, you know, people's mental health is important and it's paramount. And, you know, I think that that's a real great opportunity to just stop, like you said, and take stock and be like, yeah, actually what's going on in my own head and in my own heart, if I'm really getting bent out of shape over somebody tanking my fantasy football season when it's potentially, you know, their own life is online. We don't know. Hopefully fingers crossed it's not, but mm. you know, you just, you never know if someone's in a bad, that bad of a place mentally where they can't go to work and they don't want to show up for their job and they can't right now that, you know, you don't know how serious it is. You don't know what's going on. So absolutely thoughts and prayers are with him and his family. And hopefully, you know, it is something that he's able to get help and get support and, get support from his team and his coach and come back stronger and come back more the player that we know he is. And more importantly, the person that he wants to be is happy and balanced and, you know, enjoying his life, enjoying, you know, the, the career that he's in, not, not hating his life or hating the situation that he's in. So absolutely. I just wanted to, I wanted to get touch on that because I just thought it was actually a really, really, you know, as, as horrible and sad of a situation it is, I thought it was really interesting that it happened right on the week. Then you're coming on because I know you're such a huge Calvin Ridley um, fan. And also, like I said, you're just such a good person and you're so honest and, and genuine about mental health and about, you know, just the reality of it and stuff. So I thought it was just a really interesting conversation I wanted to touch on there with you. Employee of the Week. So last week I had Corey Davis as my bus mart um, employee of the week. Now, I did not realize that Mike White is actually Patrick Mahomes at the time. So <laughs> I apologize to, <laughs> I apologize to everyone. but Corey Davis was actually ruled out last minute. I didn't expect that he got injured on Thursday. I recorded with um, Peter on Monday or Tuesday. So we didn't know that. So that's kind of out the window, but seeing how Mike White played, man, who knows Corey Davis might've been the wide receiver one on the week. We just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Jerry Judy was my studs are us employee of the week. Now, Basically, I've talked a couple of times, and one thing I'm a big believer in, I'm not sure how you feel about it, Russ, is that I'm a big believer in Dynasty especially because we're playing for the long term and stuff. But in general, when it comes to analysis and looking at things, it's about process over results because sometimes Mm -hmm. best will in the world, I don't know one – analyst fantasy analyst out there who said Mike White was going to smash this week and was going to throw for 400 yards and 16 touchdowns so you know things happen it comes out of left field so what I said was I believe that they had given him enough time um, to basically make an impact he was going to play I did think I think I thought he was going to be relevant I thought that the Washington defense is terrible against the pass all these kind of things but it didn't turn out overly great for fantasy but what what did happen was um, he was on for 72 percent of the snaps so he was on a pretty big chunk of the time he did finish four for four so he was catching everything thrown his way um he was tied for the lead in the team for targets again that just shows me how important he is to the offense that he is potentially the one a to Cortland Sutton's one b or vice versa he's definitely going to be heavily heavily involved um and and the weird thing was i mean it's just a weird gross game i watched a good bit of it and it was just very defensive and very just bitty and very like lots of mistakes and i mean teddy only threw for 213 yards and one touchdown so they were giving up over 300 yards it was just a weird game so it wasn't a I wasn't a, a win, but I think the process was right. So I uh, I apologize for nothing. Now, <laughs> moving right along. Damn right. Bus Smart nominees for week nine as the guest, Russ. Um, who do you have for us? Who do you think is somebody that maybe people are excited about? Maybe they're expecting to throw them in the lineup there, but you're sort of wanting to temper expectations. You're thinking maybe, maybe not so great this week. Well, I mean, I'm going to go with the obvious ones and – 
I mean, the Titans just signed Adrian Peterson, and they have Jeremy Mc, Jeremy McNichols as their other running back, main running back because Darrington Evans just can't stay healthy. Uh, but if you expect anything out of that, especially right away, you're going to be silly. Like you do not want to play a running back in Tennessee right now. Two weeks goes by and Adrian Peterson starts doing awesome. Sure. Feel great about it. But right now he's coming off the couch and I get it. He's Adrian Peterson. He could have literally not gotten off the couch in however, what are we like nine weeks into the season? And he would still be in better shape than half the players in the NFL, like just naturally, because that's what, that's how that man's body works. Like he is not a human being. That's we're like, we're even beyond that. That man's just isn't human. He's not even a freak of nature. He's a different species. He's a cyborg. Must be right. Like, you know, that's what they created the DC justice league character after he's, he's that that's Adrian Peterson. Uh, but still like this week that no, you can't really trust that. I, I don't think that's anything that's really going to be happening. I like that. Yeah, no, that's a good call, especially because we all get excited, don't we, when there's like a new situation, new opportunity. Like, oh, yeah, got yep. this guy off the waiver wire or I got this guy for a fourth and yeah, I'm going to throw him in the lineup. It's going to be awesome. But yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with that. My my nomination is sadly Marvin Jones Jr. Um, it's nothing about the talent. I think he's a great player. I am just, I can't stand Urban Meyer and he is completely yep. just mess this whole situation up it is so ugly and it is so horrific and on top of that so here here's the reasonings but behind him being a bus smart is that he's only had double digit targets once in the last five weeks and when you think about how lacking their offensive talent is you that that is shocking to me it feels like gross mismanagement um plus they're playing the buffalo bills the buffalo bills are number one um against the pass allowing just over 182 yards per game they're also the number one overall, only allowing 269 total yards of offense and allowing the lowest QBR rating in the league. So that is not, that is no bueno, mm-hmm. um, as they say, south of the border. Um, and James Robinson, like we talked on about earlier, is day to day. We don't know if he's even going to be there. So even if you try and imagine, well, maybe, maybe their, their run, their run game just is taken off and, and, and they're able to open things up. No, nah, that's probably not going to happen. Um, and again, even in a very negative game script this week where they got trounced by Seattle, he only got seven targets. I think he had like five receptions for seven out of seven targets. Um, I just, I'm not excited about it. Honestly, I'm getting to the stage where it, unless, James Robinson is healthy. I'm probably not wanting to really start any Jaguars as long as Urban Meyer's still in town until further notice. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, it's there's no consistency in the targets, which means there's no consistency in their game plan, which sucks for us uh, and clearly sucks for the team because they're not winning or anything. And yes, Marvin Jones is their best overall receiver should be getting targets. Visca is their best close to the line of scrimmage open space guy. There should be scheming thing for him. So they don't do it. It's rough. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't even want to talk about it. He's, he annoys me so much. Like <laughs> I was so excited about Visca this year. I don't even, I don't even want to talk about it. Yep. Um, happier times studs are us. Um, who's your nomination this week as the guest? Who do you think is just going to blow up and have a great game for us this week in week nine? I believe I said week eight earlier, but no, I'm not in a time machine. It is week nine up ahead. Can we go back in time and just like hopefully get a different <laughs> yes. reaction, different, you know, outcome from what happens? Like, I'm down for that. Ugh. All right. Well, you stole my game. Like, I was going to use someone on the Dolphins, spoiler alert. And so I can't do that. Ooh. I think you can do that if you want to. I mean, that could be fun. No, I mean, I was going to go with wide receivers or I should say pass catchers, just Waddle and Kaseki, just because Houston's defense is just so whatever. And the thing is, 
their offense is good enough to move the ball, so you have to keep passing against them. So while you're absolutely right, Gaskins, oh, sorry, totally just ruined all of that for you, man. <laughs> Gaskins is probably going to eat, but I still think there's going to be so many targets for Waddle and Gusecki. But my real answer is uh, Devontae Adams coming off of a missed game. And I know it was a COVID-related thing, and he had a positive test, and he was already vaccinated and had very low to no symptoms. So people are probably going to be a little wary of starting him coming in right away. And I think that is silly, especially against Kansas City, who their defense ain't great. And there's no one else to throw to, especially now with Tanya Hurt. So yeah, Adams to the moon, man, even more than normal. Hopefully he scores some touchdowns. It's one of those, that's definitely one of those ones where you sort of think, Oh, nobody's going to second guess this. And then they do though. Like they, <laughs> there's always people who are like, there was people, um, you know, this week being like, should I put Eckler in the lineup? And you're like, oh, yes, you Eckler put himself in the lineup. <laughs> like put him I in your that. Lineup. that makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah. What a flex, man. I can't even imagine being able to draft yourself and then like start yourself in a fantasy lineup. How cool is that? Um, but yeah, I, I mean, uh, you know, you've already, you've already alluded to it, but, uh, yeah, just to put the icing on the cake there, I am going with miles, the gas man Gaskin. Um, the reason being is cause I think he's been so up and down this year and didn't have a particularly great game last week. I think a lot of people might just be, oh, I don't know, should I even put him in there? I'm not sure, but you, you nailed it there when you said, you know, the team they're playing is just hot garbage. Like if the, you know, if the Lions didn't exist, they would be given a run for their money for the worst team in the NFL. Um, Gaskin has got double digit touches in consecutive games for the first time. Finally, this season, he's getting at least four targets in the last four weeks. The Texans D is the fourth worst in the league and allowed yards per game at just over 400. Um, and they're the second worst run D specifically allowing almost 150 yards per game. So as you, as you mentioned, um, they do sort of move the ball a bit. So whether it's Davis Mills or whether Tyron Taylor is back, you know, Brandon Cook should be getting a bit of action. They're not afraid to go for it because they've got nothing to lose, but at the same time, um, I do think Tua is going to be able to take care of business here and there should be enough for everyone to eat, um, especially if they get a couple of goal line opportunities. So I'm, I'm predicting a, a big, big week for Miles Gaskin. I think you should be able to throw him in your lineup. The main event. Fight. Let's be honest. You don't have Russ Dynasty Outhouse on and not talk trades, do you? I mean, that that seems like some sort of a sin. The director of Dynasty Deals, as I've named him, is going to just break down some of his um, some of his trade tactics, techniques, things that he likes to do. I've got a couple of questions for him uh, that I might try and lead him in for my own foul, nefarious purposes uh, <laughs> to pick his brain. So let's let you take it away here, Russ. All right. So, uh I mean, let's look at your little outline here. And the first thing you ask is my favorite trade tactic. And this is a very cheap, cheating answer. There is none. Because everyone you have to deal with a very certain way. Um, it's okay. Let's let's do it. Let's do, turn it around a little bit. You have a lot of different people you deal with. A lot of people want the relationship. They want the conversation. They want to... Have someone come to them or they want to go to someone and say, I'm looking for this person on your team. I have these people. Maybe this is the offer I put together. Or you say, do you think you could work something with this? There's other people that literally just don't want to talk about it. Send me an offer. I'll either accept it, reject it, send it back a counter, or I won't. You know, some people are jerks and just let things sit until they expire. Don't do that. That's the worst. Just reject it. Don't be a jerk about it. Or at least be a jerk in the comments. That's fine. 
that's what I do. You know, like <laughs> I was just like, seriously, man. Or like, was this supposed to be a good offer? Cause again, I send bad offers. Everyone sends bad offers. Don't get upset about people sending bad offers. I have clicked wrong buttons many times, which has gotten me screwed over in the past. I have just not been paying attention to what I was doing. And there are honestly sometimes where I get a reject and someone's like, were you paying attention? I was like, oh my God, no, that's a terrible offer. What was I thinking? I don't know. Like, I don't even remember sending this. Like, so like, seriously, if you're one of those people that get offended by trade offers, just re-examine your life. Uh, I don't mean to sound that harsh, but seriously, that's not something to get upset about. Uh, but so again, like, all of it's fun. I love getting bored and just sitting and spamming the league with offers. It's so much fun just to like, I want this guy. Okay. How can I get this guy? What's that team look like? And it's a puzzle to put together. Like that's my favorite part of it. That's why I like trading so much then because I have ridiculous ADHD. If you can't tell from how fast I'm talking and changing subjects that moving players around and putting puzzles together is fun. So really like, honestly, you need to, to be the most successful trader you can be, you need to be multilingual, pretty much well-versed in all the different kind of ways to do things. Um, so be willing just to send cold offers, be willing to accept an offer that comes to you that is good enough to accept. You don't always have to counter. You can just accept an offer and just, you know, know the people in your league that's i mean that's the reason i play fantasy football i don't play in and fifty dollars is my most expensive league and while i understand yes that is still a decent amount of money i don't play anything anyone could ever consider high stakes and that's mostly because i play for the fun of it i play to get to know people which is why there's never you're not allowed in more than one trade addicts league except for me har and uh and rocky because hosts but otherwise it's all different people just so we can meet new people. We can get rooms of different people together and not have duplicates over and over again. So you get to know the people, get to know how they like to do deals and work with them. Be flexible, be willing to do things the way stubborn people want to do it because it'll help you get stuff done in the long run. If it hasn't been obvious enough, the answer is really just have fun because that's been like every other sentence has been me saying the word fun in it because that's what that's what this is for me. All about fun. You're you're so right. I've definitely heard people, you know, recommend like, here's how you need to do it. You know, it's this way or, you know, always start a conversation or always don't, you know, and it's just, you're right. Like there's, there's never always too anything. many different types of people. Yeah. There's so many different types of people. I'm, you know, I'm the kind of person, sometimes I enjoy those like back and forth chatting negotiations that take days mm-hmm. and you're like exhausted by the end of it. And you feel like you just ran a marathon, so but then you're like, you're like Rocky at the top of the stairs. Like, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I did a trade and then other times yeah you just it's nice to just wake up and be like oh crap a trade offer what about one thing i was going to ask you but especially for people because i've had a few people asking me about because they're newer to dynasty and one thing that really freaks them out is rookie picks so they're like they're like how do i value rookie picks or you know should i be hoarding them like some people tell me should i be just getting rid of them who cares you know what are what's your approach to rookie picks because i know i have my own approach but what are your thoughts on it and how do you use the the fabled rookie pick they are trade chips for teams that are competing, for teams that are not competing. Again, it's so much easier to talk because I'm in so many leagues. Like when you're in like two, you kind of have to have a feeling on what you're going to do. But when you're in 20 something, you can be very specific about it. I will say, let's pretend your team is bad. Like bottom third of the league bad. You're not making the playoffs. And let's say you even have 
you get the 101. You've earned the 101. And you have like the 106 that you traded for someone. Let's say you have that for three years in a row. Your team's not going to be good in three years. Because at best, you have six good players. And that's assuming you hit on all of those first round picks, which you're not going to. Sorry. It's just not going to happen. And if it does, please tell me your secret. I will buy it from you. Like, seriously. Like, it, it's just impossible. You will miss on these picks. So that is, uh, that is absolutely why I am usually willing to trade away my firsts because I don't watch film. I don't do spreadsheets or numbers. Like, I, I listen to people who do know what they're doing. And sometimes I hit, sometimes I don't. Sometimes my personal biases actually absolutely come into play. Like T. Higgins, Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, all of these guys, like I wanted on my team no matter what. And luckily they're good players, even though Jerry Judy has to stop getting hurt and just do good now that it's his time. Not the point. So even if your team is very, very bad, either three or four firsts this year in both of those leagues. I'll probably keep two of them to draft. Like I'll keep the best one and, you know, one in the middle and then maybe even trade around during the draft. But I'm going to trade at least two of them away just because I don't want to screw. If I screw up that pick, my my ROI is zero. Let's put it that way. But if I trade my first for someone I know is good, someone I've seen in the league do well, like even if it's like Let's pretend Devonta Smith doesn't do great for the rest of the year. And you can get him for a mid-first coming in the next draft, seeing as how he was drafted in the late first of last year's draft. I would do that instead of drafting at the 107 because I've seen Devonta Smith do well in the NFL. The Eagles are a mess. That's besides the point, but that can change. They can get rid of Hurts. They can get rid of Sirianni. So much stuff can change. Like, we hated A.J. Brown because he landed in Tennessee. We were wrong. You know, so I am more than willing to pay these gold bars of draft picks for guys we've seen do it before, even if they're not doing it that greatly, just because we know they can rule. Number one, if your team is bad, keep your first because otherwise you're losing and helping someone else out. If you don't have your first, there's no reason to lose games. I will say for the new people use trade calculators. Don't listen to these elitists that, you know, call it junk or all of that stuff. I, I have my subscription to DLF, who has the trade analyzer. I have my subscription to Dynasty Trade Calculator. I use both of them constantly, especially when it comes to picks, because it's so easier just to so much easier just to get a grasp on consensus, get a grasp on what value should be, what it should look like. And then you build your trade around that. Because we've talked a little theory, let's actually break down a couple of trades and talk about, you know, the theory and practice. Let's make a deal. Sold your ways. Well, I'll let you go first because you are the director of Dynasty Deals. Um, what is your trade that you've done? Um, if you've got one recently, what kind of league and what was the, the deal and what was your uh, what were your motivations in it? Okay, so I'm going to, you know, cheat a little bit. I pulled up my uh, show sheet for Trade Addicts tonight because <laughs> I have uh, two deals I did in Trade Addicts leagues that we can go over. Uh, the first one is in Trade Addicts 2, where I am a heavily competing team. I actually traded away one of my faves, which made me sad, but the, the value was just too good there. We had a team that was rebuilding a little bit, so they wanted to get younger. So they sent me they sent me this offer of DJ, DJ Chark and T. Higgins for Cooper Cup. 
honestly, like I had to think about it because I just, I love T Higgins, man. Like he's, he's one of my boys and it just comes down to, I need the points and there's no reason that. Okay. So there's a, there's a pretty decent age difference between Cooper cup and, and T Higgins. T Higgins is like 22. Cooper cup came into the league at 24, 25 years old. So he's already like 28. And I mean, this is me guessing. I, I'm, I'm not looking it up right now or anything. But there's no reason Cooper Cup can't do what he's doing for the next two years. And that's honestly more than I care about. I care about this season. I'll figure out what I'm doing next year, next year. The people that talk about this three-year window stuff are super optimistic (laughs) because I don't know what's going on next week. And I don't know what's going on two weeks from now. I don't know what's going on in a year from now. So why try and predict it? You know, you make moves as you go along to adjust for what's happening. So trying to make deals for two years from now is... I mean, it's a little silly, but if that's the way you work, more power to you. It's not the way I work. So, yeah. When no, when I saw the opportunity to get Cooper Cup and what he's doing right now, I'm there for it. Yeah, no, definitely. I I love T Higgins, but I think you're 100 percent right. Like you get an offer like that, and you just got to take it. I mean, especially with Cooper Cup. I mean, even if you want to look at the whole two to three year window thing, I mean, realistically, Stafford with how well he's playing and how well the team is doing. I mean, I'm sure that the intention is for him to be there for the next couple of years. And cup isn't a speedster. He's not a guy who's a burner. He's not, that's not what he relies on. So those guys, you know, that start getting a little bit older, they're really the only ones that you have to majorly worry about. My opinion are the ones who are the speedsters, the guys who rely on those real elite the physical traits to win, yes, you know, sir. so the Deshaun Jacksons and those kind of characters, whereas Keenan Allen, Cooper cup, I'm not worried about them and I'll take the dip any day of the week. You know, that actually really mm-hmm. encourages me because I haven't even tried to go for Coop- <laughs> Cooper cup with how well he's been playing. I just figured he's impossible, but that definitely gives me some sort of hope. I might have to go and kick the tires a little bit. I actually, so my team, my trade is, uh, it was a 12, it's a 12 team PPR super flex league. And I am a contender. I was in the championship game last year and lost to, uh, Alvin Kamara's six touchdowns. Thankfully, uh, it was a great experience. Um, and yeah, so I, what I did was I traded away Austin Hooper, Kenny Galladay, Miles Gaskin, Quintez Cephas, and a 22 fifth. And I got back Jerry, Judy, and Kadarius Tony. Now, oh, that's beautiful. for me, <clears throat> my um, I had I have uh, in this league. So for tight ends, I'm just Hooper is such a disappointment. I'm kind of done with him, to be honest. He's just in that barrel of like pick mm-hmm. one if you need one. I mm-hmm. don't think he's got top tier potential anymore. Um, so I'm happy to get rid of him if I can get any sort of value. Kenny Galladay, I'm he's dead to me. I'm done with him. <laughs> I feel the same way with him as I feel about OBJ. Yes, I loved them at one point, but it just isn't working out. It's it's you, not me. And uh, yeah, so if I can get any sort of value, I'm, I'm getting out from under Kenny Galladay or OBJ. Gaskin is fine, but he's nothing to write home about. He's not, you know, he's not an incredible elite running back. He's had some good opportunity and he's made most of it and that's fine i don't have anything against him i like him but again i don't i'm not gonna let him stand in the way of getting young quality wide receiver talent and quintus Sivas was doing well he's been injured team is terrible and i don't think he's an elite receiver or anything like that and a fifth round pick means nothing to me um and so yeah getting jerry judy who I think has a really promising career. I really like, he actually had a really productive year last year considering his circumstances and how bad the Mm -hmm. quarterback play was. And I, again, do think that he's the 1A or 1B, whatever way you want to look at it, um, for this offense that should, in theory, be a pretty good offense, especially next year if they manage to get an upgrade at quarterback. And I'm really intrigued and really, really interested and excited by Kadarius Tony because Mm -hmm. I didn't 
hate on him the way that a lot of people did in the community, but I didn't have any shares of him either. I was, um, because where he was going in rookie drafts, I just felt there was other people I was more excited about, but those, um, I obviously had seen some of the stuff he'd done in college and I just wasn't sure about how that was going to translate with a crowded receiver room and just with my lack of faith in the coaching staff in New York. But man, those couple of games that I've seen look incredible and I'm willing to take that chance. So those are my thought process, um, for the trade. What do you, what are your thoughts on it? Everything you said was exactly right. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm with there with everything you just said. Um, I used to be a huge Galladay guy. It's really just starting to wear down on my feelings that it's just not worth it anymore. Austin Hooper again, meh. Miles Gaskin, sure, cool. Eh. Quintus Cephas, I love as a player. He's not an alpha, and, and it's a terrible team anyway. So whatever. Kind of fifth, yeah, whatever. I mean, anytime you could one, two, three, four, five. I mean, you pretty much did a three for one and a two for one. Anytime you can do something like that, you absolutely do it because you're getting two guys that you'll want to put in your lineup, and you sent away a bunch of dudes that you don't feel great putting in your lineup. And plus, could I love Jerry Judy, so he's fun to watch for me. Kadarius Tony is just fun to watch when he's when, you know when he's healthy. So I'm all for that because the amount of times I said I do this for fun. So yeah, I love that trade. <laughs> yeah, I uh, actually have a funny Kadarius Tony story as well because <laughs> I just thought I, I thought of it actually right before we recorded. And if I got to tell you this because I, I don't know, I'm sure it's probably happened to you, especially because you said you make mistakes and you hit wrong buttons and stuff. But mm-hmm. I never I never do this right. This is the only time in mem- my memory in the last like year or two I can remember. You know doing this at all um but there is one team where it's like a 10 team league it's really small i'm only in two 10 team leagues everything else is 12 14 or 16 team um i just prefer the competition and the i feel like there's more trading goes on in like 12 14 and 16 team leagues because there's more people trying to fill holes but anyways i'm in this 10 team league and i have a really like i traded like crazy the first year or two of the league and i'm just super stacked in that league and um i was trying to trade for uh terry mclaurin when he was having a couple of down games at the start right after fitzpatrick got injured and anyways back and forth the negotiation goes and the guy sends me an offer um and it includes Kadarius tony now this is before he's played before his breakout and there's just a lot of like meh feelings mm-hmm. and my team is so stacked and everything in this league i just i literally re- responded and i was like take tony out of the deal and we've got a deal <laughs> <laughs> so i told him to keep Kadarius tony and we did the deal and literally i went back to the guy like two weeks ago cap in hand and was like how, how, much, how much do you want for Kadarius Tony? <laughs> and I ended up trading for him because I just felt like, you know what? I messed up. I need to fix this. So I ended up yep. paying a 23 second and third for him, <laughs> but I'm still happy to do that. It's two years yeah. away. My team is stacked. And I honestly, I mean, we don't know yet, but I, I, I think he could be a top 40 kind of top 36 kind of guy. Word of the week. This part of the show is where, because you've been teaching me so much kindly and I've been soaking it all in. So I'm going to return the favor and I'm going to teach you a word of Northern Irish slang. So this is a word that you probably have no idea or you've never used in the context. I'm just going to tell you the word, see if you can try and use it for me, how you think it should be used. And then I'll let you know what it is. Are we are you good to try for that? No, but let's do it. <laughs> okay. So the word is crack. But it's C-R-A-I-C. So crack. Can you imagine or how would you use the word crack in a sentence? So here's the worst part. I saw that word spelled like that on Twitter today and I didn't stop to actually read it. <laughs> but oh my God, that I don't know what the tweet was, where it is. But I remember seeing that spelling and being like, is that a, is that a typo? No, just going to keep going. Oh, that's beautiful. 
That is serendipitous. So what do you think happened? I know what that word means. Word crap? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with it is something negative. I'm going to say it's I'm going to say we just straight up like letter replaced. It's like another way of saying crap. Like it was like a piece of crap or something. So it was like it was just a crick. <laughs> nope. So you guys, it was actually pretty much the exact opposite. So hey, if crap, you got to be wrong, you'd be the wrongest. Yeah, exactly. You got to go big or go home. Yeah, so yeah, the crack is basically our way of saying like, you know, what's happening, what's, what's going on. So we would say, what's the crack, what's happening. Um, or you can use it as a sense of saying like, we were having a great time. So you're saying, mm-hmm. oh, we were having all the crack, like, oh, we had a great time. We were having the crack. And so it just means it basically, yeah, it's all over Ireland as well. It's not even just a Northern thing. So people down in Dublin and stuff like that would say it as well. So you just say like, oh, it's basically a way of greeting. So you'd say, oh, what's the crack? you right. Um, and it's just saying what's up. Or it's the way, like I said, oh, we were out on Friday night and having the crack. And like just saying you're having a good time, having a laugh. So basically that's what we would say, the crack. It's really funny with Americans though, because um, obviously you always think drugs. So <laughs> you're like, if, whenever like an American's over and they're like, you know, you hear someone like, hey, what's the, what's the crack? Like, uh, excuse me? <laughs> Wait, but, you, um, you got some? You holding? What? Yeah, you, you, you have crack. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, listen, um, just to, to wrap up here, I do want to say thank you again. I really, really enjoyed and appreciate you coming on, Russ. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. I genuinely have enjoyed your show for several years. You are an officer and a gentleman. Um, and just a reminder to the guys listening that you can find Russ um, if you don't already, which I can't imagine that would be mind blowing. But if you don't already follow him on Twitter at Dynasty Outhouse, definitely do that. And also, if you don't listen to the show, I don't know what you're doing. If you want to get better at trades, go look it up. It's, it's Trade Addicts on any of the podcast platforms. It is a great show. And obviously, they just talk trades and have a great time. So is there anything else that I missed? Anything you want to plug or anything you want to give a shout out to at all, Russ? Yeah, man. I had a great time. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for creating a show just so I can come guest onto it. It is, it's, it's been an honor to be here. So thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you. And see, this is how important you are. You know, people create shows just so you can come on them. So I want you to take that with you and remember that's how important you are to the community. So I appreciate everybody for listening. And if you get a chance Jump on there and give it a rate and a review if you enjoyed it. Don't forget to set your lineups this week. Don't forget the bye weeks and have some crack. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead because I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said and listen to me. What you really want to do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate.